welcome to Align Your Mind. My name is Chelsea Tanner. I'm a life and mindset coach for musicians. I'm also a professional flutist. And Happy New Year! It's 2023, and I've decided to do a different theme for each month of the podcast this year. This month, we'll be talking about imposter syndrome. This will be one in a four part series all about imposter syndrome. We're starting off with a re-release of an early episode of this podcast, episode 10. I did on imposter syndrome about a couple, two years ago, I guess. And this lays a good foundation for the subject. And in the next few episodes, we'll dive into ways you can help yourself when you're feeling inadequate or fraudulent, which is mostly what imposter syndrome is. I want to offer just a few thoughts before we dive into the episode, things that came to me and good reminders as I was writing this intro. The solution to imposter syndrome isn't getting more external validation. It's internal validation. And as far as resolutions go, changing your mind about yourself, if you don't like the way things are going, is a really great place to start. Deciding that you're good enough and owning your accomplishments is a huge step to building your own confidence. Now, in this episode, I cover what imposter syndrome is, how it's usually cultivated, and recognizing patterns of it in your own life. This podcast also talks a bit about negative motivation and how it can lead to imposter syndrome. I hope you enjoy this episode, and Happy New Year. I wanted to give you my take on imposter syndrome this week because I ran a poll on Instagram and imposter syndrome as a category of like what I should talk about next won by a landslide. I think this is something people in all industries and walks of life struggle with and I'm going to give you my perspective having experienced it myself and some suggestions and of course questions to ask yourself in order to gain more awareness around your thinking and this subject in your own life. So let's start once again by defining what imposter syndrome is. It's basically feeling fraudulent or the fear of being quote unquote found out because a person believes they're underqualified for the position they're in. Um, A scarcity mindset of not being good enough or smart enough or accomplished enough usually falls into this category as well. People with imposter syndrome usually have a really hard time acknowledging or accepting their accomplishments. I've talked to clients before who are well into their careers and higher degrees, you know, and they still have that fear that someone's going to find them out. They have documentation, certifications, and like proof that they're quote unquote good enough to do their job, but they somehow think It was all just like luck or they don't actually deserve it. This brings me to a point that I wish I had known or been aware of many years ago. It's the concept that your mindset has little to nothing to do with your actual ability. Your ability to perform or do your work and the work you do is is inherently neutral. That is until you have a thought about it. Let's take a musical example here. So this means the sound waves that are created by your instrument are a thing that just exists in the world. 
And those sound waves aren't inherently good or bad until you have a thought about them. And those thoughts are practiced habits, just like the scales you learn to prepare for that performance. I want to bring up the topic of a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset because I think it's relevant to imposter syndrome and our thoughts about our ability or our potential. This concept is from Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. And if you haven't read this one, um, go read it right now <laughs> because it is it fundamentally changed my life and my view of myself, which to be honest is one of the most powerful things you can do in your life. Carol Dweck describes these mindsets as how we perceive our abilities and that has everything to do with imposter syndrome. If you have a fixed mindset, you believe you have an unchangeable amount of intelligence or, or talent, just a fixed amount. This leads people to, to try to, to prove themselves over and over because if you only have a fixed amount of intelligence, you'd better prove that you have a lot of it, right? So if you believe that you have a fixed amount of talent or intelligence or IQ, you, you don't believe you can grow into a position you may be hired for or expand your skill set. If you believe you're not as smart as other people, that becomes an operating worldview through which you make decisions about your life. You may discount yourself before you even try because you believe that IQ or talent is factual and unmovable. These seeds are planted early on in our lives, especially now with the amount of standardized tests that infiltrate classrooms and they split kids into advanced, intermediate, and slow programs. As someone who was in the slow reading class in elementary school and had to leave the classroom to get special help, I really internalized that I was not good at reading at a very young age. <laughs> so did I ever read for enjoyment as a kid? Absolutely not. <laughs> I figured that I was bad at it because I wasn't good at it, but this was also reinforced by everyone around me telling me I was really talented at music. I had some sort of gift, as if it were out of my control. Honestly, what I really think happened is I have two parents that are professional musicians who both taught violin lessons in my house since I was born. But I, I haven't had that exposure to reading. My parents didn't read that much and I didn't see that happening and... I could tell what was in or out of tune at an early age because that's what I was exposed to, but reading wasn't really a part of my life in a regular way. This is the danger when talking about talents or gifts. People can internalize that they have a certain amount of natural talent or aptitude towards something, but they're not introduced to the growth mindset. Carol Dweck describes the growth mindset as being based on the belief that your basic qualities are things you can cultivate through your efforts. We've all heard these stories, right? Like Michael Jordan not making his varsity basketball team, J.K. Rowling being turned down by dozens of publishers in her manuscript for Harry Potter, and a number of like other anecdotal, you know, evidence that we throw in there to sort of like tell people that the growth mindset is possible. 
through hard work and unwavering commitment, we can change our seemingly fixed intelligence and prove our skills. But why are the people who do that usually outliers so much of the time? Because we're trapped in the cycle of thinking we aren't good enough, which actually usually leads to less effort. I'll tell you what I mean by that. If you believe you aren't good enough to do the thing that you're pursuing, it can be easy to bail in little moments, to not see things through, and to self-sabotage in a way that may have you imitating that shrug emoji saying, I don't know what happened, I guess they just didn't like me. You know, when we really put our all into something and we're honest with ourselves about that, not just like getting information on like what we're supposed to do we get all the how-tos but like we really go all in we leave no stone unturned like we love the product we're putting out into the world and you know we do all of that stuff really love it believe in it and know that it's our best work we're scared to do that because what if we still aren't good enough What if we aren't good enough for someone else? What if we aren't good enough to get that job? We're so afraid of that. We're afraid of that because it will prove our most highly held belief that we're not good enough. It'll prove that right. But we aren't ready to go that far when we hold this belief still. And we we usually don't. That's why we fail ahead of time, by self-sabotaging. And the paradox is that we can't truly hold the belief that we aren't good enough and take the action required to give it our all. But even if you know this is happening, it can be really hard to break the cycle of thinking that we're not good enough or that we're a fraud and we'll be found out. But why is that? I have another theory that might resonate with you. I've heard a lot of my clients say, Well, if I tell myself I'm good at my job or good at what I do, I won't be motivated to do it. I'll just give up or lay in bed all day. So in a way, they're holding on to that scarcity thinking so they can use it against themselves to motivate themselves to take action. There's a couple issues with this one. One, when you shame or guilt yourself and use that as motivation, you're practicing using shame or guilt to use as motivation. You're practicing that mindset and that way of thinking. And two, the quality of the action you take when you use shame or guilt as a fuel for motivation, that'll be so different than if you're, let's say, uplifted or inspired. I like to think of our mindset like like a mental environment in our head, like a little mini society. When we introduce new ways of thinking to it, there is pushback because this is not how we operate and this is how our brain has always operated. And thinking that way and the way you think now really, I mean, it has served a function in your life. For example, if you're motivating yourself to work hard, getting recognized, but that motivation is negative, your brain will still use that reward to prove itself right. That this is the way that we motivate ourselves, right? We tear ourselves down so we work harder, so we can get the thing or achieve the goal. 
The question then becomes, are you willing to shame and guilt yourself into motivation for the rest of your career though? It can work for a short amount of time, but is that really how you want to live your life? If we try to just accomplish more without changing our motivation or our thoughts about ourselves, we're trying to out-action our beliefs, which truly never works. (laughs) You can't work hard enough to prove your mindset wrong because you're literally creating those actions with the mindset you have. If you want to change how you feel about yourself, you need to change your thoughts about yourself not your actions. And we we do this, of course, by being the observer of our own mind, but then also questioning the thoughts that are running the show. If you feel inadequate, ask yourself why. That will lead you to the thoughts that are making you feel inadequate. Then question those. Are they really true? Are they like an objective truth or is there some opinion thrown in there? Could the opposite also have some truth to it? If you think, well, I'm not good enough to do that. Is it possible that you are good enough in some way to do it? Can you find a little bit of wiggle room? Really digging into limiting beliefs like I'm not good enough can be illuminating, but also kind of painful. Remember to show yourself compassion. Remember your brain is an organ and thoughts are functional for it. Embarrassment feels so bad because we want to fit in and that's an evolutionary function baked into our mindset. If we want to put ourselves out there or think of our abilities as enough or even like pretty freaking amazing, we're going to have to deal with some self-doubt. Self-doubt is human nature. But also as humans, we have the ability not to believe those thoughts. We have the ability to choose what we want to believe or not believe. That's also a fundamental part of being human. The definition of an imposter is a person who deceives others by pretending to be someone else. And the fastest way to accomplish a new goal, as we talked about in previous episodes, is to adopt the mindset of a person who's accomplished that goal. This leads to really living intentionally and making that decision deliberately, but I think imposter syndrome really kicks in. When we find ourselves in a former mindset and our situation has advanced in some way, but our mindset is stuck in the past. If I still think I'm not good enough as a musician because that's what I've practiced thinking in order to motivate myself, when I win that big job, guess what my brain's going to do? What it's practiced doing this whole time. It won't just automatically switch still going to think it's not good enough. Accomplishments will pale in comparison to your opinion of yourself when it comes to confidence. Accomplishments are great, but they can be miserable if you think you don't deserve them or you'll be found out. You get to think however you want about yourself. And to all the people who might be using self-doubt 
or negative self-talk as a motivator for your actions. And maybe you're a little bit scared to think too positively about yourself for fear that you'll become complacent or lazy. I want you to imagine yourself. If you can close your eyes, do that. But if you're driving, like, please do not close your eyes. (laughs) And imagine the thing that you do with your life, whatever it is, whatever you do. What if you decided that you were amazing at it? What if you thought you did it really well and you were really proud of what you did? You took pride in it. You showed it to people. You were really, truly proud of it. How would you act then? Would you be lazy or would you jump at opportunities? If you thought you were amazing, how many more things would you do? How would you show up to your job? How would you show up to your life if you knew you were always worthy and always good enough and all the rest was just fun? Because you are always worthy and the rest is just fun. If you're interested in taking this work further, I have a one-on-one coaching program that will help you get into the mindset of your dreams. If this episode resonated with you, I highly recommend booking a free discovery call with me. It's an hour on Zoom where we discuss where you are, where you want to be, and we talk about how mindset coaching can help get you there. Check out the link in the show notes to sign up.